0: stand, Cricket Podcast time. Oh, there's a whole lot to work through. Ravindra Jadeja tears the heart out of the Australians again. So an 0-1 start for the Aussies. Ed's pick England lost. My pick broke all sorts of records in South Africa. Uh, the Rooster is a world record setter himself. Jake Fraser McGurk will get to that. Round one of the Shields done. Cam Bancroft amongst the runs again. And Hayley Matthews, the only thing keeping the West Indies in this... two. Bilateral series up against uh, Australia in both the uh, the fifty overs and the T20s, and gee, it did not go well without her yesterday in the first of those fifty over matches. Grandstand Cricket Pod, my name's Corbin Middlemass. Ed Cowan is my co-host, who also used to play at a relatively high level in uh, in Test cricket. Hello, Teddy. Corb, I'm back. I'm sporting my holiday beard, got my tan on. I was about to say, got a real glow, uh, certainly yeah. compared to my sort of pasty Melbourne winter skin. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty relaxed. Um, off the top,
1: mm-hmm. I need to apologize. I made an error last week. It was my holiday brain. Not only did I forget my little microphone set up and so people had to put up with the sound, but I made a blunder that got correctly picked up on Twitter when I went on my little diatribe on the lack of runs in the Aussie a- series against New Zealand A up in the top end. And it was rightly pointed out that Caleb Jewell, in fact, got a second innings 100 up in Mackay day, night game. Australia lost by I think seventy runs in the end. It actually did get pinged around on my WhatsApp groups at the time, mainly because it's full of Tasmanian cricketers and they are gunning for him to be opening the batting for <laughs> for Australia in in three forms. And and maybe we we give Caleb Jewell some airtime later in the the podcast. But I did want to say that there was an error last week
0: and we should always correct ourselves. Yes, absolutely. We're always happy to, uh, to correct our mistakes. We did have plenty of positive feedback, though. Shout out to Blair, who's one of our uh, and most loyal listeners. I see he was in touch with you on Twitter. And to Rowanna as well, who uh, people may be familiar. Rowanna Edwards is actually the uh, ABC Perth Saturday morning's sort of breakfast host. Big fan of yours, Teddy, listens every single week. So uh, she said last week when I went through some shout outs, she was expecting her name to be read. It didn't come, but I'm happy to shout out Ro this week. So I'm sure she's uh, she's listening and getting her her teddy fix this week and uh, all the latest cricket goss that she's able to take away to her friends and sort of regurgitate and spit out some opinions uh, like they're all her own. So she'll be happy. I mean, about
1: that, that. That's exactly what we're here for. A couple of yep. negative reviews on, on the podcast players as well. More. We haven't been paying enough attention to the international series. So I apologize for that. Can't watch every moment of cricket all around the world. Always. We have day jobs as well.
0: Yes. The good thing is we have uh, a heap to work through in the World Cup, given the fact that every team plays nine games. So we're going to see a whole lot of cricket over uh, the next month or so. And round one, essentially, unofficially, they're not divided up into rounds, but every single team has played a game. As of last night, and unfortunately for the Australians, they start zero and one. So Australia spun out on the turning track in Chennai, all out for 199. Looks like it was never going to be enough. Got a little bit of false hope at three for two and thought, hang on, the show's on here with Stark and Hazelwood taking some wickets early in the piece. And when Mitch Marsh, we went four for 20. When yeah. Mitch Marsh put Virat down, that was uh, that was the turning point in the game. So, yeah, half half hundreds for, for both uh, Virat and, and KL Rahul, who finished you know, 97 not out. And in the end, India Cruz home to win by six wickets. Where do you want to unpick this? Uh, should we do it, in, it do it in chronological order? So we win the toss, bat first, as you'd expect. in your hot day, humid. And in the end, yeah, it never really felt like there was a stage in the innings, did there, Teddy, where you thought, gee, they're going to go large, large here and put up a, a really good score.
1: The stage in the innings where I got concerned is when Ravi Ashwin came on to bowl in about the seventh or eighth over, and the second ball turned about two sets of stumps. And I thought, <laughs> hmm, looks a dry wicket, this one interestingly didn't speaking of, of chennai didn't that look an absolute picture from the aerial uh, blimp yeah. as it that flew over a city that you know uh, you wouldn't put it in the the 10 most livable cities in the world but my my goodness it looked like you know Reve in that beautiful coastal uh, beach so dry wicket australia win the toss everything going in their favour the call outs for mine were on those types of wickets and this is an old fashioned view that, you know, is going to, to be tricky. Someone in your top four has to get in, stay in and get a big hundred. And we flagged last week that, you know, Dave Warner had been playing excellent cricket, half centuries leading in across the the two series prior, but hadn't scored a you know, big runs and been getting them at a bit more of a clip, which is progressive for sure, but again, got in, got out, Steve Smith got in, got out. And all of a sudden the pressure's on your middle order against three spinners. When India are playing three spinners, you know, it's going to turn. Then the dew comes in and the ball starts skidding through in the evening. And it actually became a lot easier to bat. And it swung around for a little bit at night. And I guess the question would then be, would India have in fact bowled first? And Australia would have seen the dry wicket and thought, we're on here. Let's just post a total and and see what we can do. But the conditions actually changed, didn't they? And the ball started sliding on. Mm-hmm. Um, the spinners didn't have a heap of interactivity with the surface. The Australian spinners, that is, and it, and it also made me think: three specialist spinners, essentially, from India in in Yadav, uh, specialist spinner, Ashwin, specialist spinner, but obviously bats and and the the main destroyer of Australian souls for the last decade, De uh, compared to Maxwell and Zampa, not big turners of the ball by any stretch of the imagination. So Australia looked caught out a little bit tactically. It's not all doom and gloom for sure. There's nine fixtures, eight to come. If they can win six of them, they'll go through for sure.
0: Five touch and go. I know they're different formats of the game and it's it's always you get into dangerous areas when you try and you know take something from the test arena and apply it to what happened in the uh, in the limited overs versions of the game. But what we do know in India is... Your finger spin generally carries the day, and we saw that ourselves in our test tour there recently. And yet we're fronted up here with yeah, no Ashton Agar because he's got a calf complaint. The only frontline spinner they have is is Adam Zampa, and the only finger spinner they have is Glenn Maxwell, who yeah is yeah, is very much a, a part timer. Did we miss a trick by not carrying another finger spinner in in that squad of fifteen? And who would it be? It'd probably be Kuhneman in your probably line. yeah.
1: Yep, Noting Nathan, and people at home thinking, what about Nathan Lightwell While reminded his calf was blown out, although he has started bowling again by by all means. I got concerned when Dinesh Kartik on the on the commentary said the biggest out for Australia for this World Cup is Ashnagar Nagar, because that yeah. is that is not a name that you think, oh, Australia's going to win the World Cup and Ashnagar is going to be the guy who mm. who gets them there. But when you know Kartik's played all his cricket in Chennai, local fella. Knows the ground inside out, and and literally as soon as Ashwin came onto bowl, he said, "Watch this. This is going to turn." And guess what? Australia have no finger spin, uh, and so, unsurprisingly, proved
0: correct. Uh, I actually had. DK on summer grandstand on the weekend, and I asked him the question about you know what what's one theme do you think that's going to be repeated and we're going to be speaking about continually through uh, the the two months of the World Cup, and it's something you've hit on already. This was uh, Dinesh Kartik's answer on Saturday. Due. I think when it comes to India, the biggest factor is going to be due. We are in the early part of the winter. Generally, as as the tournament goes on, there could be an increase in due. So you know, batting second could prove to be much more useful. So that is the big question that all teams will be very wary of. Is the Dew going to play a big part? Because in a lot of the games that's been held at this time of the year in domestic cricket, Dew and overnight moisture plays a massive role. Uh, so that was Dinesh Kalti- fascinating.
1: Uh, And that yeah. wasn't a setup. Uh, no. That's the first yeah, time yeah. I, I'd, I'd heard that. Hmm. Fascinating. I mean, it, it, it seemed blindingly obvious. And, and then I, I got myself thinking, surely I've thought about this. They've been there two weeks. Surely they've seen, they've trained at night, and they've seen the Jew come in. Maybe they haven't. I'm sitting in Australia; oh, they'd know better. They're on the ground, so I just assume that 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 wasn't going to be a factor in Chennai, but it, it proved to be a massive issue.
0: Mm. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times we see it, and I I tweeted about this last night, and uh, it's Ravindra Jadeja and the spin that he has Australia in. Uh, and, and you can throw Ashwin and, and Kuldeep Yadav. I mean, these guys are elite spinners in spin-friendly conditions against guys that aren't elite players of spin. And that that 6 for 66 that we lost in the middle, there would have been Aussie cricket fans watching that all around the country or listening to it on, on ABC Radio last night thinking, how many times have we seen this where these guys just get in a groove and mm-hmm. were just powerless to be able to to stop it when they, they get in that kind of mode? And no surprise that the wicket was as is. That wasn't a wicket that was...
1: That was designed to hold up for any more than 60 overs of cricket. and I think we called it out last week that India basically lined up all the Antipodean nations on on wickets similar to that. There's no chance in that. There was a good, solid reshuffle of grounds.
0: South Africa next uh, for the Aussies. So 7.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Thursday. Uh, Pat Cummins was asked post-game about what do they do after this kind of loss? Oh, I think you, you know, have a bit of a review of this one. Um, obviously a tough surface, but if we're up against that again, what would we do differently? So uh, It's only one game out of nine, um, so we won't dwell on it too much, but there are some areas we need to get better at. Happy with the toss decision finally? No regrets? No, no. Mm. So he was asked too about the toss.
1: Uh, I think that's a classic captain's response. Like, don't want to show any weakness. Yeah, yeah sure. Bad again, for sure. Ball slid on beautifully for 50 mm. overs from six o'clock onwards. Before Just, we get on to the other games, because yeah. there's a heap to tackle here, I'm sure lots of people are thinking, but where are the crowds? Yep. Isn't this a World Cup? Where is everyone? Because maybe their first couple of games, they can play New Zealand. Kind of get it. South Africa play Sri Lanka. No one there, really. Surely people are going to turn up to the Indian fixture. Mm. Well, you wouldn't put that down as a AAA crowd, would you? So uh, th- uh, there was yeah. there was a lot of noise, there was a lot of
0: atmosphere, but it looked half full. I think it got better as the day progressed. I mean, the other thing is what it's yeah, thirty two degrees, it's which hot. feels like forty two. The humidity's mm. through the roof. So I think by the end of the day, it was. Probably eighty what plus percent full, but not what you'd expect for. Usually, think cricket World in India, Cup. particularly World white Cup. ball cricket. There's going to be people hanging off the rafters, and how many can they get in? It certainly hasn't been that to start the tournament. They, they clearly missed a trick, didn't they, by not opening with the hosts. You, you got to have the host nation in game one. I see what they tried to do with the you know last year's or the, the finalists from four years ago, but had to be India game one. Um, and then even if you get 40,000 in a 120,000-seat stadium, it looks pretty thin on, doesn't it, for uh, for the first game of the tournament. And as we touched on last week, the, the fixture came together so late here. It's a nightmare for anyone to try and organise travel, and that's not just people travelling internationally to come watch their sides and thinking, oh, I might go to India and watch some games. But the the rising middle class, which we talk all the time about in India – people that are likely to travel to go and watch multiple games, you didn't really give any of them a chance either because the what the, the games and where they were played and what time slots were only really, you know, nutted down what a week or two out from the tournament.
1: Yeah. So that's all all great um, conversation. A couple of things other that come to mind for, for me as well as kind of doing a little social media doom scroll and, and dual screening as you do during the cricket. Mm. Apparently not all the tickets were released. In a sense, the people that were trying to go uh, to yesterday's game couldn't. And then on the day they released the last 20% of the tickets, which I don't quite understand at all. And it plays into a wider narrative that we can touch on in a second. And the second is the infrastructure of a lot of these grounds is not no. as you would know. It's not like only the MCG or the SCG or, um, mm. you know, SoFi Stadium in, in the States. Spectator, spectator so comfort is low. Yeah. It's very, very low. Mm. And so it's not a food and beverage experience, you know, a lot of seats in the sun. So the infrastructure doesn't really support these big events outside a couple of key stadiums, and yet they're using, I think, 12 or 13 venues. So it is something to think about. India's a great venue for a World Cup, but from that event feel, like you see the FIFA World Cups or the Rugby World Cups, and people can travel and have a really incredible experience over the course of a month or two, in this case, it is a long tournament, mm-hmm. probably don't get that. Of course, there's this wider narrative that, that I was kind of alluding to that, that there's this undercurrent of suggestion that in fact, India are doing their very best to hijack this world cup to make sure it's the last one we we talked about um, last year. I'm not necessarily casting these aspersions, but you can imagine the BCCI are deriving the majority of their revenue from T20 cricket. They co-own half of the biggest league in the IPL, who also have now fingers in their pies around around the world. And so the quicker one day international cricket dies, the better it is for the BCCI. I'm just saying there is a conspiracy narrative here if we if we wanted to dive into it. I'm not so sure, but, you know, if
0: these dots keep emerging, it won't take a lot to, to join them. Not to mention too, I imagine they will compare a lot of numbers to 2011 which isn't you know that far in the past it's only what 12 years ago and the last time they hosted one in india and you think the appetite that crowds would have had you know back then and the all the metrics and everything that they'd measure it by compared to coming out post pandemic the ipl at that stage was only what 2 or 3 years old as opposed to now yeah. being up and running where yeah you know, they have full crowds regularly for for all their ipl games um so i can understand what you're saying where you know if you want to try and put the two side by side It'll be beneficial for the BCCI and somewhat to have, um, you know, the, the modern-day tournament not look as uh, as healthy as the one 12 years ago. Mm. It is a long tournament. Let's judge yeah. it, yeah, not not the start. Yep,
1: some Let's other games ahead. to dive into. Could, so- I thought for a second, yes. having yep. called that there were going to be no upsets when Pakistan were four for a hundred. I thought, oh, here come the Dutch. Yeah.
0: That It looked on, didn't it? It sort of felt like they were always sort of one more wicket away from really pressing. And, and Dirk Nannis, who was uh, in the commentary on the host broadcast, you kept making the point, why don't they bring back the strike bowlers and just go for the kill now and try and end the innings and, and get out there? And you just felt like if they sort of found themselves chasing much more than 220, it was going to be a struggle, and 280 was, was too many for them in yeah. the end. We didn't have a great time last week on our predictions. I'm
1: not loving, I think it was my holiday brain, not loving Pakistan in my, in my top four. I'm going to have to okay. stick with it, obviously. But if I, if I had my time over again, yep. probably thinking South Africa and New Zealand are now somewhere in the, in that mix. Uh, what? We'll, let, we'll
0: let's to, break down those two games. We'll get to South Africa. Let's start with New Zealand then, because uh, that was something I think not many of us saw coming. We all sort of felt like, oh, New Zealand yeah, could bob up and surprise here, but yeah, underman, so no Southie uh, no Williamson for game one of the tournament. And not just the fact that they won, but the way that they won, to be able to chase down that kind of total with a with a leg in the air.
1: It was. Uh, they almost had both legs in the air and just were, were relying on the bat. They were flying. And, you know, for the, the statos out there, never before an ODI had an entire team got to double figures. And in New Zealand's case, no one got to double figures,
0: only got to triple figures. Yeah. And they won. So Ranchin Ravindra, who we're learning a lot more about the twenty-three-year-old <laughs> half Sachin, half Rahul. lefty. That's an amazing. <laughs> that's how he got story, his name. That's, yeah. how we got that's how he got. That's how
1: That's how we got his
0: name. So his parents basically said, "Yeah, half of Rahul Drava, half of Sachin Tendulkar," and he's Tombo. Ranchin. I mean, this is a guy mm-hmm. that he probably wouldn't have been playing if Michael Bracewell was fit. I mentioned him last week. Um, and then all of a sudden gets a start, and I think Devon Conway had set the fastest ever hundred by a Kiwi at the World Cup, and then he broke it sort of five minutes later or whatever when, when he went to three figures. But what a sort of dual threat he is to be able to be an option yeah. for him with the ball, with his um, finger spinners. And, and well, he started as a finger spinner like that like yeah. And the, the, the Kiwis have a, a history
1: of this, obviously, of, of middle-order, lower-order finger spinners that become opening bat- batters. Um, yeah, so fascinating. And Conway is a fine player in his own right. Obviously, grew up in in South Africa. Didn't really have much of a career over there before he moved to New Zealand, but has really shone in recent years. It's it's again this same bucket. You think ah, you go through it on paper, you not you don't get that excited. But no. to watch them play, my goodness, there was some strokes being played. They 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 played with a freedom that if they can continue playing with, they're going to cause a lot of issues because no score will be too big.
0: Yeah. So more good New Zealand than bad England? I know the press from back in the UK has been very doomsday around this, but felt like the first game of the tournament for England, didn't it? They rolled up and they got punched in the face by a team that was red hot. But are we jumping Mm -hmm. off England yet? Well, a few things that stood out to me and much like the Australian
1: Malays is how are they overcoming this this spin problem, because Adil Rashid, like Zampa, is a fine one-day bowler in his own right. But in those conditions, for him specifically, when the, when the ball's not turning, everyone loves the wrist spin. But at the same time, if they're not turning the ball, it becomes a lot of step hit kind of stuff. Uh, you know, fast through the air. He's not doing them in in flight or guile uh, like a Yadav. Much like Zampa, he's bowling into the wicket, so it brings in. Both the cut shot if he misses his length short, and the step hit if he if he's half a fraction too full. So I am curious as to how they're going to solve a few of those middle overs. They're we know their batting's strong, but without Stokes, is it really the same aura around that batting lineup without Archer? They lack a little bit of airspeed. speed. It was more good New Zealand than, than bad England, but I was probably expecting a little bit more, and maybe I've, okay. I've misread the conditions
0: a little bit um, as to the role that, that spin's going to play. So big watch on them over the next uh, week to see how they front up in uh, in game two. South Africa. So that were yeah. my pick last week. I must admit, uh, Ed, i no less keen on them now, on the back of their record-breaking feet. So <laughs> Good 428 they post, which is the highest ever ODI World Cup team total, the yeah. fastest ever. ODI World Cup 100, scored by Aidan Markram in just 49 balls. They had three guys in their team reach triple figures in Quinny de and Rassie van der Dusen also got there as well. So that is a loud start. We talked about their sort of violent batters last week on the pod and, yeah, they they had the explosive nature with the bat and, gee, they put it all out there on game one in Delhi. Yeah, didn't they what? Where I was at lukewarm on on them is
1: we'd seen this at the back end of the Australian series. And that was a series I've been paying attention to core believe it or not, how they had gone about their business. And I, by that stage, don't forget the series was essentially dead or or um, dying. Yeah. And so the pressure was very much off for them. And I thought, so I Australian- didn't really yeah. see.
0: So I think Australia, what, they'd swept the T20s. They were 2-0 up in the ODI series. Yep. And yeah. they were 2-0 two,
1: two up in the yep. ODIs. And so they had nothing really to lose at this stage because it wasn't a style of play that we'd seen like England or, or, the, or Pakistan in recent years of all-out attack. They'd been building to this moment, and then it kind of got unleashed uh, very late in the piece. But the crescendo has been an absolute tsunami. Of, of attacking batting, so maybe that was all along. Sometimes, with the best thing in World Cups is to keep your aces up your sleeve until a few weeks yeah. out. So who who knows tactically where they've been, uh, but they've they've unleashed the beast, and it's now very clear how they're going to play their cricket, which is phenomenal. And we saw it again against Sri Lanka. That was as good a batting before. Clearly, it was a world record, but mm. uh, the the clinical aspect of the hitting. Specifically,
0: was I've never seen anything yeah. like it, really. And we talk all the, and particularly in Delhi too. which is not traditionally a high-scoring venue in in white ball cricket. But uh, what does Kerry O'Keefe refer to them as? The, the hunters and collectors. And we talk all the time about yeah you know, the the mode of ODI cricket nowadays, where you need one collector, one or two, mainly one, and then everybody else needs to be a hunter. And you look in that yeah. South African team; they got hunters everywhere. They're yeah. sort of loaded up and down they're, with. They're, uh, they're going safari hunting, no doubt. They're big game went from the rhinos, though protected. Big game hunting from ball one, uh, South Africa, and uh, that's a lot to get excited about. There's no Norkier. I mentioned last week about Shamsi. I was interested to see how he would go in Indian conditions. They didn't even play, him, so they went with mm-hmm. um, with Maharaj in in game one. Uh, we may see him later in the tournament. I imagine we will. Perhaps on a finger couple spin, of baby, yeah. Only but after the, only after the finger spin. That's uh. So he he sat down game one, and we'll uh, we'll see what we get from South Africa uh, on Thursday night. We'll be playing close attention up against the Aussies, and uh, they'll have their hands full with uh, with that batting lineup. Changes for the Aussies. I, I see everyone starting the campaign already on social media about oh we need to get Josh Inglis in and let's get rid of Alex Carey already at uh, at this stage of the tournament. Gee, it's early for that, isn't it? Oh, that
1: was that you. Was that you on,
0: no. on 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 some subreddit you're you're well, out there just planting the seed I probably would have had Philippi in the uh, in the fifteen rather than'm
1: than I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not in on that we're talking yeah. for no reason why that makes sense to me so obviously Stoinis missed with a hamstring injury for this game. Uh, And I don't know know if he's back in contention or not, but the point still stands. If Cameron Green's playing to utilize him more effectively, I'd I'd probably like to see him further up the order. Or again, I called it out. I don't love Smith and Labashane.
0: So that that needs to be broken up somehow. Yep. So whether you put, say, Green in between them or something like that. Yeah. So uh, something along those lines. Yep. No, I'd. I don't mind it. Uh, South Africa is our next assignment. So, as mentioned, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Every game of the 50-over World Cup through the ABC Listen app. Just look out for that big white cricket ball that says World Cup. Click on that. We're Thursday against uh, South Africa and then Monday night up against Sri Lanka. So, we'll chat after it's our next game. Great time zone.
1: Great and, time zone for World Cup oh, cricket watching. Brilliant. And the best thing, I don't know if you've... I've had a couple of flashbacks the last couple of days of to our last World Cup campaign when the producer executive producer, he probably wants us to call him, Yes, Pat Stack, wanted us to have our podcast live by the time people hit those buses at 8 a.m. Well, yes. guess what that meant? That meant you and I recording 6 at 5 a.m. Yep. <laughs> and me whispering into a microphone like this because Romeo was just a little baby. Uh, not a baby, but uh, yeah. I was tiptoeing through the house and waking up yeah. five minutes before trying to get, get in the mindset to, to record a podcast <laughs> with you.
0: Just the whole. This is a much better setup. Core. It is, it is, and Monday will be excellent because we'll have a review of what happened in the South Africa game, preview the Sri Lankan match, and then you'll be able to listen to it on the way home. And then by the time you get home, Teddy, you get to sit down and listen to the cricket. It's it's ready exactly to go for right. uh, the game against get Sri Lanka. Get on the
1: WhatsApp groups and give oh. a couple of opinions, and away you go. Brilliant. So All that's. About, uh, uh, there's there's something in sports media at the moment that they're talking about owning the WhatsApp groups, which kind of makes sense. Okay. Like think of all yeah. the things that get stuck in your WhatsApp groups, all the links, all the articles. So we're, we're trying to own the WhatsApp
0: group, Corb. Cool. Uh, there is a reasonably big game before we chat again next Monday. It's not just Australia, South Africa. It is at Ahmedabad, Modi Stadium in Gujarat, Saturday night, Pakistan, back in India to play the host nation what a game this is going to be! Saturday night, seven thirty Eastern daylight. Wonder if they've sold any tickets for that. Surely, surely that's ninety. <laughs> surely that's ninety plus minimum, isn't it? That well, should be, be one
1: thirty. What are you it's talking It takes one
0: thirty-five. It's got to be. Goodness me! It's got to be packed out. I mean, that what a spectacle that's going to be! And obviously, we we know the history between the the two nations. Um, yeah, it'll be and and there in particular at Modi Stadium and everything that's baked into it. It's some symbolism there. It's got to be symbolism. Modi Stadium. <sighs> uh, everything else, Teddy, that's going on in the uh, in the cricket world. I I need to get to my man, Jake Fraser McGurk, who I've been shouting out as the breakout player in cricket for about the last three years. He's had to change states in the off season, so he's left Victoria to go to South Australia, and he peels off the fastest fifty over hundred that the world has ever seen. He breaks A.B. A a, a, de Villiers' record of, uh, by two balls. So the previous mm-hmm. best 100 was 31 balls in 50 over cricket. He did it in 29. His half century came up of 18 balls, which means he went from 50 to 100 in 11 yeah. rocks.
1: And, you know, these kind of records get broken at Hurstville or North Sydney and you think, oh, yeah. So, you know, that's a shame. Karen Rolden's not a small ground, and for anyone that has seen the highlights, these balls were mm. like going 20 metres over. It's not a huge ground, but no. it's, 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 a, it's a genuinely sized cricket ground. The bat swing, now I, I want to know how you got hold of this fella three years ago because the mm. bat swing on him was
0: as pure as driven snow. Oh. My goodness, there was some shots being played so he's a he's a massive golf fan, and some of those were like golf swings, weren't they <laughs> the, the bat Absolutely. would end up over his shoulder yeah. um but that they were he had one short boundary, which he noted in his his press comments, yes, I think he had a fifty three meter boundary or something, but he th- this was the way where these balls were ending up, like he said, they were sort of way out the back, so there was a crowd and everything else, and they were clearing the boundary, some of them by forty meters even to that that short side so um yeah, some of those shots in particular that he was dragging over to the leg side and I think he hit thirteen sixes and ten of them I reckon were on the onside, but um gee he did as he's pleased and uh, I'm sure Bradley Hope who put him down on a sharp return catch in the sixties with thinking, gee, I've let one go there.
1: But, well uh so I think had a- Caleb Jewell would have thinking, geez, I probably should have gone on with it. I was ninety or fifty two or something. Maybe
0: I should have got my head down and, and got myself a, a hundred. So he was dropped once and hit a single to bring up his hundred, like just dabbed it away on the uh, on the offside, which means the other twenty-seven balls, there's a fair bit of action crammed into. Well, if you watch the house, runs. First, first couple of
1: balls, not much goes on, no? and then you look up, he's twenty off seven. I Only Jeez. have to hit a couple of sixes. It, My goodness, um, probably worth touching on. You know, Jules' form. This is probably
0: mm. the right time to insert. Just so let know, me having. Let me play one more thing before we do. This is Jake okay. Fraser-McGurk speaking to Aaron Bryant about his innings.
1: Yeah, obviously stoked with the, the individual performance. I'm a bit upset that we couldn't get over the line, but. Um, yeah, I think a few of the boys when I came in said it was a, a world record and um, I was, I, I don't know, I f- couldn't really explain the feeling of it, really. I just got in. I was like, who was the bloke who had it before? And it was A.B. De So it you know, obviously hasn't sunk in yet, but um, maybe catch me in a few days and I can answer that better.
0: Uh, good on him, Jake Fraser-McGurk. That's Fast, a pretty blase <laughs> response. Fastest 150 over cricket. Absurd game, by the way. So... Um, Tasmania make 435, nine down, which is a record score for an Australian 50-over game. And then South Australia, in reply, all out 398 in the 47th over. So there was 833 runs scored, Teddy, and we didn't even get the last three and a bit overs of the game in.
1: Mm. Well, South Australia, when they were 3 for 300 off, off 30, I thought they should cakewalk this in. Mm. Um so I mean Jewel at the top for Tassie, it's probably worth yes, talking let's to, to his form. Off the back of his hundred in the Australia right? Um mm-hmm.
0: Which shouldn't it, which shouldn't be overlooked.
1: It, <laughs> it, should, it shouldn't be <laughs> overlooked. That's a good point. Uh, I apologize. Holiday, bro. Uh this is someone who had a breakout summer last year. One so let's let's go through the pros and cons of, of Caleb Jewel as a potential Australian cricketer. Mm-hmm. Pros. Very few players are three format players these days. In the ilk of of Dave Warner, you know, attacking left hand batter that can play all three formats. I actually historically have thought his best formats were the shorter ones. That's not necessarily the case. Uh his shield numbers aren't great holistically. If you people will get on Crick Info and, and look up his stats, they're not amazing. But if you break them into to seasons or more recently you know form based they're pretty good um you know i think three domestic hundreds last year another 100 uh, recently in Mackay. so he's trending he's he's what they call in sport as trending i i think technically he could do with some tightening up um you, you know you see the dismissal jackson bird at cricket central last week in the one day against high quality fast bowling I'm still not a hundred percent convinced, but the kid can bat. You know, he's 26 years old, three format player, Australia A hundreds now. Maybe he does come into contention. The question is, could you see him with a Renshaw opening the batting after Quadra and Warner, uh, or do we go to someone like a Bancroft, who the name keeps coming up and with good reason? Another hundred last week.
0: Yeah, so that was really the standout, wasn't it, in, in round one of the uh, the Sheffield Shield. So amongst the runs again, Cameron Bancroft took a superb catch too at, uh, at short leg. But um, yeah, the, we we're looking for guys to sort of stand up early in the season and he's done it. The other thing which uh, sort of blends into all this is Marcus Harris, who is uh, away from domestic cricket at the moment. His um, wife... Caddy just gave birth to their uh, first child recently. So as a result, he's, he's missing the first two rounds of Shield cricket. And all of a sudden there's a few other contenders coming down and it feels like, you know, David Warner at least would, would hope that uh, that spot won't open up until the end of the Australian summer, which, which means there's a, there's a race on for that, that West Indies series, which is going to start midway through January to see who opens with Usman Kawaja.: Yeah. Oh, and there is a world where Khawaja in his own way says Sydney's my last test as well
1: for the, for the record um i think he'll be 37 by then so at at some stage in the next 12 months you can imagine they're going to need two yeah they're going to need two and I, my gut feel is that renshaw's at the top of those you know harris and renshaw are at the top bancroft is is third but making a case as he always does uh and there's obviously i think there's Probably some angst around the team of having Bancroft and Warner even in a squad together, mm. realistically. Otherwise, I think that may have happened a bit more in the last couple of years. And so maybe Caleb Jewell slips in into that. And maybe he's he's the yeah. perfect foil at number three. Renshaw bats three. Caleb Jewell opens batting. But it's nice to see this batting talent yeah. come out. I know this sounds like a full 180. No, no. Um, what, why, on the the, why
0: the keenness on Renshaw? Because uh, my personal feels, point of view, or a so selector's point of view, but the way you're speaking about him, I feel like he's also the way that a lot of people inside Australian cricket talk about him. That it's almost a given that hey, this guy's coming back into the Test team at at some point. When yeah, mm-hmm. we saw him obviously struggle in India, where he was picked as a horses for courses selection. And like, why why would he be ahead of sort of say a Bancroft in the in the pecking order? It, in your I moment. think there's an age issue.
1: Um, You know, it's a toss of the coin, probably from a a batting issue. I think upside potential Matt Renshaw is he could still play 75 test matches, you know, and so I'm not uh, personally, I'm always gravitating to the person that is scoring heavy runs Yes, and that's Bancroft. I'm not so sure that's necessarily the thinking. Mm. And so I'm just kind of going with the,
0: with the tide. So wrench. Yeah. Almost Bancroft and Harris are duking it out for the same position and there may be another way for Redshaw in.
1: That's yeah. a that's a better way of describing
0: it. Next round of Shield cricket starts Saturday, so Queensland played the Vicks at Mackay. Queensland did well to sort of hang on for a draw against New South Wales. The Blues just Jack Edwards. Yeah. That
1: was a hell yeah. of a game. Six for an eighty. Probably should have got hundred. I 100. didn't realise he was that capable with the ball, to be honest. Well, I think I mean I you've probably never met the bloke, but he's he's a huge human. Like he's yeah. six foot four, so he should be able to bowl uh, with a little bit of mm. technical. Now, see, so he probably le- doesn't have quite have the zip. He's, he's good enough. Mm. Uh, we're talking probably low one thirties, uh, relies on him probably being good enough with the bat to be good enough with the ball. If that makes sense. You can't pick bits and pieces all around as I think, You got to hold your spot as, as one of those, uh, but his bat battings come on leaps and bounds.
0: The two- I was just, yeah.
1: they've, they've lost the vibe on winning. They should have crushed that game and the wicket got flat. But ugh,
0: Queensland was so far behind. It was, it was amazing that when, at the start of the day, the WA-Victorian game and the Queensland-New South Wales game felt very similar. And you've just absolutely nailed that, where you got WA, who are used to winning, completely foot on the throat, finished the job against Victoria, and then you looked at what was happening over in Sydney. And the Blues okay. just couldn't, couldn't get those wickets. Need some airspeed, you know, these two older fast
1: bowlers who have been incredible bowlers, but not by anywhere at at the peak of their powers and no leg spinner. So you've kind of got a defensive off spinner who's a, who's a good player in Chris Green, but, you know, but doesn't quite have the ability to crack a game open and then no airspeed with no Hatcher or Dorcious or, you know, these younger mm. fast bowlers that could blow a game open and let the old guys go to work again. Uh, yeah, it was all a bit samey, kinda of yeah. one thirty, seam bowling, defensive off spin. So it'll be interesting to see. And there's obviously a one day domestic game that's about to kick off as well.
0: Yeah, Queensland and the Vicks in the Shield at Mackay Saturday and the other four states start on Sunday. So SA play New South Wales at Adelaide Oval. Uh, and underwhelming start for the, the Spiders as well, given they played an undermanned Tasmanian team and were beaten by they seven. Were hopeless. Like they were yeah, hopeless. You'd you'd
1: it. been taught you'd been talking the sackers up with their seven fast Well guess what? You still gotta score some runs. Yep.
0: Where are their runs coming from? Yep. Need the rooster to try and take some of that uh, form into the, the white clothing. Uh, and then WA in Tasmania is uh, at the WACA ground. So a couple of early season games for WA. Uh, Wacker looks horrific, by the way. I don't know if you saw some shots at the outfield. They've had a bit more footy there uh, over the winter months with the, the State League, the WAFL games being played there. But usually we're used to the WACA ground being this sort of beautiful uh, outfield and the ball flies through there. It looked terrible in the couple of domestic games we've seen there so far this year. Uh, Hayley Matthews. So she's been the talk of the series so far in this West Indies tour, has eight consecutive international player of the match awards in a row, which is absurd. Is right? eight. Is but She's yeah. so clearly one of the dominant players in yeah. world cricket at the moment, if not the most dominant, um, almost somehow gets the West Indies over in the T20 series. Uh, again, player of the match in that uh, that last game in which they lost and she scored the lion's share of their run. So Australia close out, win the two, T20 series 2-1. We go to the 50-over format. We think, gee, can't wait to watch Hayley Matthews bat again. She's out with a groin injury, misses the game, and the team folds like a cheap tent without her, all out for 83, and the match is over early in the afternoon.
1: 14, I took him 14 overs to chase.
0: Oh, you should give the money back. Surely just, you give the yep. spectators money back at that point. That, that's an absolute disaster. No, I've, I'm doing the two games this week, so Thursday and Saturday at Junction Oval. I really hope Haley Matthews is there, as I'm sure everybody does involved in the series, as I'm sure the West Indies do more than anybody else that she is just so pivotal and it you felt the air come out of the balloon as soon as her name wasn't on the team sheet, and the the team really didn't give too much of a yelp without her
1: I too who's pretty pumped with haley Matthews' form, Melbourne Renegades would be absolutely. <laughs> Like themselves with excitement. Oh. Uh they're they're big overseas pro. Plus he's coming plus. in and he's gonna boss
0: the wbbl from start to finish. And she's there's no jet lag at the start of the tournament. She's here already, she's played, she's in form, and as long as she's fit, um she's going to be a, a must-see attraction. Unfortunately, as we we often say with the fast bowlers, there's sort of you're never too far away from a, a setback. And Darcy Brown bowled three overs yesterday, came off hurt, so she's in serious doubt to play Thursday. Uh, the weather's actually not been not too bad in Melbourne. You look through the forecast; there's no rain any day this week except for Thursday, the day of the cricket, where there are showers forecast. So, unfortunately, that's a, a bit of a dampener. And then the Junction Oval game on Saturday, which obviously clashes with uh, the referendum. So, it'll be a big day in our country for many years and our uh, for many reasons. And our, our national team will be in action up against the West Indies. Uh, Fifty-over cricket's much harder, isn't it? Longer sample size, and generally the the best teams rise, and the Australians are less vulnerable over the the longer distance. Totally agree with that.
1: Uh, although, having said that, yeah, the style of cricket that England played against the Australians in the in that Ashes series, particularly in the one-day cricket, kind of gave them gave them a very good shake. But with it, without doubt, the T20 format lends itself to an upset, particularly. Uh, even against the, the strength of the Australians.
0: Especially if you've got a match winner like uh, like Hayley Matthews at your disposal. Hopefully she's uh, she's there come Thursday. Uh, Teddy, that'll just about do us. So we're uh, two back for the new season. World Cup's underway. We've seen every team. Uh, we've got India, Pakistan Saturday night. We've got the Aussies on Thursday. You can hear it all through uh, the ABC Listen app. Look out for that big white cricket ball. Click on that. Ball-by-ball coverage of uh, the entire tournament. Uh, I'll chat to you next week. Yeah, cobwebs are out, Corb. I think we were a bit rusty
1: last week, but we're we're well and truly on our way. Good one.